0: And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today.
1: So once again, no smoking in this theater. Mm. Well, it can be... Cody's, Cody's COVID. COVID. Yes. Wow. See, that's the one
2: time I think
0: Ah, thank, you'll you. Never get thank you, gentlemen, for uh, injecting this podcast sickness with uh, your own ooh. little um, remedying vaccine. I don't have something clever for that. No, I think uh, honestly, having the the move to like to a new place and like moving around and lifting things, like forcing myself to exert a little bit of energy, like probably paid. Wow. Um, like uh, some kind of dividends. Although I, I was careful to package up my microphones, that none of my my volume controls got mixed around. I should have asked. Do I still I still sound okay? You still sound great. Yeah.
2: Wait. Okay. So which which place? Your the background is very. I can't tell from it's a white wall. The yeah. video. It's a white wall. Now, obviously, there's no posters. There used to be posters. Is this right? That's that's new. This is new. Cody's new spot. Yeah. Well, it's the Cody's nudies, this,
0: please. Cody's nudie. Uh, that's the Patreon content. Um, <laughs> I, I, I um, And this is going to be very interesting for uh, our devoted fan base, I'm sure. But my I woke hey. up this morning and I was like, you know, I got to be on a webcam for work. And so objective number one, I want to get like an inoffensive, just like set up for if I need to sit down and do work for the next couple of days. Because I, I don't want like, you know, I could do work for my room at a desk, which is probably what I should be doing instead of on a couch, which is uh, usually where I do very my work. Very bad for you, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, Quite, quite, quite yeah my <laughs> my posture
0: is um i I'm gonna be quasi for um the foreseeable future, but I was like, idea I, what between putting my posters up and like I don't want you know, I don't want clients seeing like where I sleep and things like that.' So it's like they can look at a white wall that's that's fine for the time yeah. being and that's that's where I'm coming to you all from, and the, it's a test of the acoustics, too, which I hope sound okay. Yeah, it, sounds The fun. only That's reason cool. I had asked
2: is it does look, it looks kind of like your old, like the way the camera is set yeah. up, it looks like your old spot, just you removed the poster. Right. So I was like, yeah, just, are you for some just... reason still? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 This no, is the fascinating home kind poster. of. Yeah. Discussion that our This is the peak you know, into our personal lives. That they've been asking yeah, for Yeah, such a, such
0: an intense focus on uh, on place and location and setting, you know, a limited uh, <laughs> I was trying uh, to... <laughs> a limited room. It's <laughs> funny funny how that. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to to squash that. If
2: you have a better segue, you should uh, you should say Yeah, you should shoot
1: it out. Aaron, you got uh, a better segue? We, uh
2: yes, the segue is that I am talking about Rope. Whoa! does a, ni- a 1948 Oh,
1: before we do intros? Oh, I had a good I meant mm. to start the episode. Anyway, this is TriLove. Thank you Ugh. so much for listening. God, it's about movies we saw or people we met at the Trilon Cinema or sometimes either of those things. This is actually a movie we didn't see at either of those places because it's playing in a different theater, but you should check it out anyway. My name is Jason Daphnis. You can find us on Twitter at TriLove Podcast. You can find the TriLone at TriLone Cinema and at Uh Again, I don't know why I said my name is Jason Daphnis earlier, but my name is Jason Daphnis. I am not very smart. And you can find me on Twitter at NintendoFest.
0: Whenever I try to be funny, I lay the bomb of all time. I'm Cody Narvison, and you can find me on Twitter at Cody underscore BH.
2: My name is Aaron, and if I were you, Jason, I'd go easy on the pate, dear. Calories. <laughs> uh, and you can find me on Twitter at RB, please. Also, no, I, think I pate is like not dense, right? It's, uh, like it's, it's, it's a lot of ham. Yeah, it's a lot of Man. ham. Man, was and was like, yeah. squashed
1: mayonnaise yes. and stuff. It probably could be. But uh, the only reason I remember what pate is, is, well, I ate a lot of it as a kid, just constantly shoveling pate into my mouth. But also uh, the luck of the Irish, the Disney Channel original movie, there's a shot near the end where I forget the actor's name, but he's like the actual leprechaun guy. He like falls into a table full of like just uh, like snack spreads and shit. And he, as he's getting up, he's like, "Oh, I think I got pate in me eye," and I've never forgotten that line. It's just like stinging in his eye. It's just a complete throwaway. Anyway, pate. That's, uh, uh, p-
0: that's an uh, amazing. Sorry, uh, Disney movie, sports movie. Jason, Daffness. a sports wow. movie. Yeah, um, I, 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 am only vaguely uh, aware of what pate is because of um, in uh, the, Jim Carrey's The Mask. Uh, Jim Carrey's The Mask. He didn't direct it. Uh, the Mask, <laughs> starring Jim Carrey. Uh, when he he has the mask, says, uh, says he wants to spread Cameron Diaz's pate, and that's really something
2: mm. okay uh pate is one of those things that I, I guess my cultural like image of pate is like kind of a high class like an appetizer you get at like an italian restaurant or something but i guess it's also it's either that or exactly the opposite or extremely cheap like meat spread yeah. you know what i
1: mean i've never had the high class stuff it was always uh, just at Meyer. if anybody knows what meyer any listeners out there know what meyer is like a regional
2: y-e-r like no, the no,
1: m-e-i-j-e-r does he have that uh, just first to name
2: uh, oh, you mean the grocery a, store. Uh,
1: Oscar or Fred? My Air, uh, yeah, yes. yeah. It's like uh, th- there was there's some closer to uh to, to you in in Chicago there, yes, Aaron, but there's still indeed. like Indiana and such. I think. Anyway, uh, that's not about the movie that we're talking about today. But you know indeed. what is about the movie that we're <laughs> talking about today? It's the patented Aaron Grossman summary, which I will let the man himself fire off now.
2: Yes, indeed. Uh, we're talking about Rope. If I didn't, if you didn't hear that earlier. God damn Rope, it! Which is a 1948 film directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Um, it is uh, based on a play uh, from 1929 of the same name by Patrick Hamilton. Uh, all of that is also based on events uh, that happened in 1924, which was uh, the murder of uh, 14-year-old Bobby Franks uh, by two students, uh, Nathan Leopold and Richard Loeb. Uh, actually, uh, University of Chicago students happened in Chicago, so ooh, a little ooh, bit of local ooh. local flavor there. Uh, the film that we're talking about specifically, though, <clears throat> Stars John Dahl and Farley Granger as Brandon Shaw and Philip Morgan, uh, two young men who decide to strangle uh, their childhood friend to death. Uh, the victim, David Kentley, played very briefly by Dick Hogan uh, for about four seconds before he's stuffed in a trunk, uh, is, is therefore then stuffed into the chest. Uh, uh, shortly before, a whole host of David's friends and relatives arrive for a dinner party. Uh, included in the guest list are uh, there's Mrs. Wilson, uh, the housekeeper of Brandon and Philip, played here by Edith Evanson. There is Janet Walker, uh, who is David's bride to be, uh, and also uh, uh, another character is kind of ex, uh, played here by Joan Chandler. Uh, Kenneth Lawrence, uh, who's David's good friend and, and was Janet's ex, uh, played here by Douglas Dick, great name. Uh, and then David's father and aunt, played by Cedric Hardwick and Constance collier 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 one of the two uh last but not least on the guest list is brandon and phillips former prep school uh housemaster and also kind of their mentor uh rupert who is played here by cody do would you like to like to say who is played by oh it's played sorry to cut you off Cody. it's played by me fucking james stewart okay you hand that up a oh bit my god much, but i appreciate it yes jimmy good old jimmy stewart Um uh, purpose of this whole kind of macabre affair is to test Rupert's uh, kind of ubermenschian slightly Nietzschean ideas about society uh, which he often discussed with them when they were younger Uh, apparently uh, the two kind of main leads of this film had not read Crime and Punishment so they decided to test the idea that some people are just naturally better than others by killing David uh, and staging this uh, dinner party as this kind of grotesque display to prove that they committed the perfect crime and then are kind of morally and ethically justified in doing so. Um, And as this is a Hitchcock film, of course, the situation just kind of starts getting out of control and getting more tense and so on and so on uh, as the evening unfolds. Um, Rope, um, my impression of this, I don't know why, I read something on the internet, I guess erroneously, was that this was often considered one of Hitchcock's best and most well-regarded films. That is apparently not true, uh, at least on release. Uh, This was not an especially financially successful film it was not especially critically successful uh either, although there was some some positive stuff about it. Um even in retrospective, uh some people have said that this is not one of his uh, uh best or kind of most seen films. Um but it is it is known for a few different things. It is known for um uh, obviously being tied to these real life events. It is been known for kind of being an adaptation of this play. Uh it is known for also uh quite a lot of homosexual subtext and, and content. Uh, the play specifically has the, the two main characters in a a relationship. Um, it is also known for, uh, I guess incorrectly being a one take film. It is, it is not even like a fake one take film. There's just straight up an actual cut in here, uh, cuts from one character to Jimmy Stewart. Like it's just a cut. Uh, but also it is, it is a film that has a bunch of long takes, right? The film, you know, kind of the, the, they could film Mm -hmm. in like 10 minute blocks, before they would, you know, run out of uh, the film and the film camera magazine. So there's a bunch of cuts of like, you know, a camera kind of zooming in on somebody's jacket and then kind of zooming away. And oh, did they cut? Yes, of course they cut. But um, yes, Cody just put his hand up for the camera in <laughs> the back. <laughs> God, I wish you did
1: this was. on video. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just
2: giving the listener yeah. a high five. I did not cut the, <laughs> the podcast. Um, and so some people kind of erroneously say that, like, oh, it's it's a one one take film. It is not. Um, but it is a film with a bunch of. Very, very long takes, um, and so that is kind of another aspect as well. Um, and that's uh, that's kind of what I got on rope a little bit scrambled thoughts yeah there. But, uh, I mean it's Jason it's, wrangle us together uh, it's
1: also the movie that inspired us to make this podcast the way we do because I don't know if you've ever if we've ever talked about this on Mike but uh, this podcast is not actually one contiguous show like we we never record this in one sitting it's always uh, two or three times throughout the week we're all very busy Aaron's in Chicago Harry's currently out of town you won't hear his voice in yeah. this episode uh, but we try to get everybody in every time and I actually I challenge you listener to try and identify you know take down timestamps and f- see if you can figure out where at what point we make this transition because i usually think i'm pretty clean about it it takes a long time the, i think the effort shows in the final product but not actually one contiguous take in this uh, podcast either so keep an yes. ear out uh you know savvy listeners um i really really enjoy this movie it's another one of those that i thought i'm very surprised aaron to find out that it's not like one of the hitchcock bangers for people because it I really just, is it's yeah. fucking I, I fucking love this movie actually yeah. like it's great uh as as a completely subjective judgment i it really works on me like all of its uh like formal stuff is just very class all of its scripting is very very good um the like I don't know, like the fact that class is so obviously a thing here, and I'm not going to be—I uh, can't take the the man's throne himself, but our uh, our our forgotten fallen philosopher brother, philosopher brother, <laughs> yes, currently in your town, uh, he would probably have more to say about this. But just the fact that they keep talking about prep school and the fact that they only know Rupert from prep school and from like, or not prep school, but from their uh, you know college days, sort of as a as a headmaster, <clears throat> excuse me sort of the post-intellectualism that they exhibit is like I didn't know this was based on a quote unquote based on, but like rooted in a true story either where there was basically the same thing where two rich kids decided we can probably pull off a murder, right? Like we can do that. We we have the right. We like have the position to do that. Um like they call it literally a privilege for the few murder. Uh they the like it was made in a, t- the movie was made in a time of like post-war austerity measures, I guess, in America and in Britain. Uh 1948 this movie released. Um it is like it's very funny to me that it's a movie about people who could get away with murder and like essentially challenge themselves kind of not to like they choose the most dramatic, expressive way to to like try to hide that murder in a way like they talk about how they would have seen been seen if they decided to take him down the back steps. So they stuff him in a in a in an armoire instead that they end up eating off of throughout the entire night. It's just so I don't know, so blatantly like it's it's sardonic it's uh it's sarcastic it's very funny uh at times but also like yes. really pretty dire uh, as it goes cody did you have uh any like top level thoughts you wanted to get off your chest about this because I'm, I'm just gonna sort of bounce off of everybody else's i've got my own original yeah. ideas to you don't worry also uh jason's covid's are currently um uh, in the negative after 16 minutes of the test I, I should have stated this on on mike but no no covid for jason i was at two events this weekend so if anybody wants to know COVID free okay.
0: I I was going to say it's very sweet of you that uh, you know you're just talking with me for a few minutes. I have such um, an immense like effect on you physically, emotionally, spiritually, and like health wise that you feel oh I better
2: take a test. I've been talking with Cody um, yeah. on on ZenCast. It's like you're
1: right here every time, man. Uh-huh.
2: Do we do we know for sure how COVID spreads? I don't read the news, so I don't know. I could this could be. I, I look, I'm not a scientist. So just thinking it's of somebody, possible,
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: that's, yeah, I'm that's just, true I'm
1: just a I'm just a data scientist you know
2: it, if I'm what, if what if it spreads through podcasts
1: what if it fucking spreads through podcasts what if podcasts are like ground zero for COVID the world
2: would be really be a better place if that was kind Honestly, of the only yeah. Uh, yeah. you know vectors of transmission <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway yeah. anyway
0: well, hey, these um, you know these these back and forth dynamics that um, we have between, uh, I guess, just today the the three of us, um, you know, it, it's really it's really great to see and hear. I'm sure for everybody involved, and th- that's kind of what I liked about this. Is my second time seeing Rope. Um, I liked it. The first time I watched it, I really liked it. The second time I watched it, it was the last. Uh, movie I watched in my last apartment. I um downloaded it illegally. Come and get me, cops! Um, uh. Because I I put all my other Blu-rays uh, in storage because I have um six bins of them. Um, do you own Rope? I do. I do. I do the Blu-ray of, uh, of rope. Um, yeah. I mean, Whomst Among Us um would not have thought that I owned every movie on on Blu-ray. Um, and I do indeed own this one, and th- it feels um. I mean, it is. Uh, before uh, you know, we get into the, the the Hitchcock bangers that you know more of folks are probably familiar with. You know, your Rear Windows, your Vertigo's. You know, this is a, a humble, intimate 1948 uh, adaptation. It, it the the focus on characters, and you're you're feasting on instead of. It, it's kind of refreshing in a weird way. Uh, just to or at least I felt so because this is the sort of stuff that I gravitated a lot towards in my early days of like watching a lot of movies and I feel like I probably watched this in college at some point and just you know watching um th- uh, a handful of characters uh, most of whom or not most of them about half of whom are like students and watching them kind of vibe off of each other and the r- writing feeds off of their their dynamics with each other and seeing um you know, Brandon's character, uh, and I should use the actor's name, uh, John Dahl, just uh, chewing up the scenery, really overacting to sell certain, you know, just, uh, out of this, David Kentley had his last drink. It's like, oh man, so, you, you want he, to punch and this And then he criticizes
1: asshole. what he drank. He was like, no, he should have had whatever. And he's like, whiskey was never really his tr- It's the funniest transition. I love that opening, <laughs> yeah. like fr- the first 10 minutes right. of that movie, rock.
0: Yeah. And uh, like, and yeah, the, yeah, the, the opening rocks. The entirety of this movie rocks. Um, watching um, Brandon and, and Philip, uh, played by uh, Farley Granger, um, watching there, kind of uh, mostly it it kind of gets to be, you know. Philip is emoting one way and, and Brandon needs to like counterbalance by being over the top, like swarmy and confident. He needs to exude confidence in order to like feel, uh, try and hide Phillips. Just obviously like, yeah, we're going to get caught. I'm a nervous piano player. It's um, so like watching their uh, relationship was really great. Um, when uh, the character Rupert uh, played by the aforementioned James Stewart, who left the studio, like watching him come in and you immediately see his, <laughs> see his impact on, um, On these students, uh, that was so fun to... Unwrap and di- and like maybe we'll talk more about that maybe not um and mm-hmm. honestly a standout for me uh Joan Chandler as Janet um oh yeah this We're time gonna around talk about like, Janet don't worry r- r- really um her s- hello champagne line did not get a laugh from any of the characters <laughs> it got a big laugh from me yeah. um and and she like if you watch this movie she she maintains such good eye contact with like so many of these characters um it's that it's that and like the movie never really like capitalizes on it but just like thinking yeah. about what she was thinking was enough for me to be like, wow, this is like a deep character. Um, even if they're not really doing anything with it, like she's like the cogs are turning. She's, she's eyeing Rupert. She's eyeing mm-hmm. Philip as he's being really nervous. Um, so like a lot of great cogs that, um, would maybe feel differently in one of, um, again, the big certified Hitchcock bangers. Um, I, I like
1: how intimate this is. No, I agree. Uh, I wanted to prompt Aaron for any thoughts you had or anything that sparked before we jump into a talking point. I mean, I know this isn't a, Clean, clean, or smooth way to do it, but like, there's a lot to talk about, and just hearing Cody talk yeah. about it really brought it all up. So,
2: <sighs> based off all that, ooh, here's what here's what I'll here's what I'll say. Uh, this this film, uh, kind of if you know if there's one criticism, I think you could you could throw at it. And I don't think I would buy it, but, but I could see it, you know, somebody bringing it up is that I do think that uh, a lot of the side characters are very much kept to the side and that they're, Mm -hmm. they're always there, but it, it no point, no point in this film is the focus on anything, but Brandon and Philip, and, and uh, Mm -hmm. every once in a while, Rupert kind of in the middle there. But I do think that I, I maybe could have used a little bit more of Mrs. Wilson or Janet or eh, maybe Kenneth. Uh or but you know, David's father and aunt. I could have seen, I think, a bit more of them, but I think maybe it's kind of a stronger film because it simply it focuses on the the kind of um, those two main leads to like a uh such a degree, right? The this kind of um one character who is like shaking and nervous and like sweating sweating like that one scene in airplane, you know what I mean, where it's just like <laughs> a waterfall going yeah. down his face. Uh versus the other who is um I, I kind of mistook it as like emotionless about the crime, but in the reality he's, he's, he's excited. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like, ve- there's a lot of like very subtle acting where like he, uh, uh, I believe that it's, it's Brandon, right. Um, yeah, who, the psychopath. Uh, John Dahl, Yes. And he is very subtle, but he like his hands like kind of shake once he starts talking Ooh. about it for like too extended of a time. And it's like a very like nice kind of subtle, like acting bit. Right. But because most of the time he does come off as like kind of the sociopath that is like so cold about it, so uncaring that they just kind of killed this person. But there are like these little touches here and there that are that are quite nice. Um, and like, I don't know, I, I think the film, you know, it's not a it's not like a realistic style of acting, specifically what what kind of Farley Granger is doing is like mm-hmm. very over the top and kind of I don't know. How would you describe that kind of? meek in a very weird way right yeah he's like he's um, supposed to be
1: the guy crumbling you know that, that yes. that's uh, philip right the piano player
2: yes yeah yeah um, he's, he's
1: supposed to be like the one who cannot take this and he's going to be like the loose thread that gets pulled kind of thing
2: but it it i think that kind of works too the the it it is kind of cartoonish in a weird way but but i i dig it like i really liked all the performances in this quite a bit
1: yes. yeah um well maybe that's a an okay place to go next is about like the characters at the sidelines because it is for like as uh, focused as we are on the what happened between two people and I guess the guy they killed uh, and the person who influenced them. Essentially, there are a lot of characters that are on the sidelines of this movie. There's, uh, you know, the, the professor. Sorry. Is he a professor? I'm, I'm completely lost uh, on, on what these Ripley's relationships were. Publisher. Uh, I don't know if he's the a old guy professor. He's he's a guy a... With the glasses. Yeah. Oh, like, the, the I, father.
2: The, the, the oh, dad's father. sorry
1: him that's who i was i was talking about just like a bunch of characters and high society almost snobby intellectual characters who are like i think just there to sort of paint the walls with that message of this is how like like this is where these people come from i guess is setting the scene for these people who are like ivy league uh harvard grad type people who do see themselves as above a certain cast of society right um except in the case aaron you turned on your microphone is there anything you wanted to say about that
2: no i just do that sometimes yeah we do that sometimes just to keep
1: on my toes huh uh but in the case of ambient sound i don't know if i don't know if that's what podcasting is made up of but okay the in contrast to that is is janet i think as she is a sideline character i definitely do want to talk about her as like somebody who like she might be the only normal person in this fucking movie is what i mean to say like she is the only one who like those little bits of she calls them like uh her, the real, real stuff. She's talking to, um, yeah, that Kenneth Janet conversation that I think it's the same one that you're coming up with, um, Cody, where it's the guy that she was once in a relationship with. She ditched him for David. David is now dead and she doesn't know that. And she's talking to the guy that she ditched. And, uh, they're talking about like how real she could be around him and how like these jokes that she wanted to make flop flop and, you know, she calls it the real, real stuff. And she even like, couches that in a certain like, Oh, but that's, you know, my, my better self failing. And that's like not me presenting to all these other smart people in the room kind of thing. And it just makes me feel very strongly about like her in opposition to almost everybody else in the room. Like nobody breaks in the same way that she does until the very end when James Stewart does when uh, Rupert actually like falls to pieces over what's what he, what he realizes he's done to these people. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to bring up, uh her as a character because she is in the sidelines she is one of those characters that i feel like we could have gotten more out of but obviously for the point of the movie for the you know a uh, leanness and sleekness of it it was a little important to to leave it focused but that i feel like she was a lot richer than what a lot of other characters could have been in this movie
0: yeah i and i think for for better and for worse the the i mean every character pound for pound is like is is doing a lot of work and it, it feels like the the characters who are not that this movie is not uh we'll just say quote unquote about um, it, it feels like they are shafted um, and cast to the sideline just because like that's what the movie calls for but they are like doing a very doing doing very like good efficient work and I don't know if this is a, like an interesting way um, and I'm going to put interesting in air quotes cause I hate using that word, but just if this is at all like, um, you know, a, a, a good way to, to view these characters or to a lens, to look at them through, but you know, the, the movies it's, it, it's, it's a joke to, um, to at least Brandon, right? Like it, it for him, it's a, a joke as to you know we committed this crime and now it's how much can we get away with as, as philip says later he calls brandon out like you want to get caught right like that's what yeah. this whole thing is like, about like, he wraps yeah. the
1: books that were supposed to be in the chest where right. david now is he wraps those in the rope that they used to murder him like just as right. like i'm saying like they could get away with this and they kind of want to challenge themselves not to
0: right and on some level they want to be found out because like a a joke that isn't that nobody understands or nobody like hears the punchline to like is it still even really a joke and the the characters who are not um you know brandon and philip like all of them well and i I guess poor david rip but like it's we're watching them either get it or not get it um and so like the um mr kentley and Um, Mrs. Anita Atwater and Mrs. Wilson, like they are people like, it's obvious to us, the viewers, because especially, you know, we're, we're on, um, especially Brandon's wavelength, but also we're, we're feeling the stress that Philip is feeling. We're watching him sweat bullets. We're watching Brandon be really smarmy and drop little, little, the most obvious clues in the world if you just like do the couple of mental (laughs) leaps that like janet and kenneth do during their conversation that scene that i love where it's them just like oh wait we know these guys hey what the fuck is going on this is like actually really strange and like like watching the the older people at this party not get it is like in its own way very rewarding because this is just like something i'm not interested in i'm not what like these young people are very <laughs> strange um but you can see it like weirdly Rupert fascist th-
2: young kids
0: I don't know <laughs> yeah it's it like well but they're serving me they're serving me treats so i'm going to like be on yeah. my way momentarily and this is it's the 40s it's what but we pate do i guess was um, undeniable the pate was undeniable, um, and what was undeniably, like, a, a nice throw-in is, like, Rupert's sort of in the middle of this. He, he doesn't get it right away. He has his his suspicions, but seeing him literally working things out in the background as the camera, like, strategically places him behind these conversations <laughs> that are being had, and she's like, oh, say, uh, uh, something queer is going on here. It's, uh, I'm
2: using 1948 words. Um, Ro- Ro- Rupert, Ro- I need to get something <laughs> off my chest. And he's like, like winking, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I. I think. I. I. That's. That's. That's about. That's my. At least characterizing of like what the other characters in this movie are doing. It's. It's. all It's a whole big joke, and everybody is invited to either get it or not. You be the judge. Rope. Nineteen
2: forty eight. I mean, it's. It's uh It. The joke comparison is. Is. I think a pretty good one because they. The. The ultimate goal. I think at least for Brandon. I think Brandon and Philip kind of disagree on this, right? But I think what what Brandon wants, and Brandon is, I think. Clearly the worst of the two, right? I mean, I don't think we should absolve Philip of any sort of responsibility here, but I think the the goal for Brandon is like I think the reason that he kind of tempts fate so much is that he it's not that he wants to just like get away with this murder. He wants to commit this murder and then have every person in society go, Oh, you're fine committing that murder, right? Like you you did it right. You did you did murder the correct way, you're hmm. so smart, you're such a good little boy, pat you on a head. You know, uh, and and that's really what he wants. And so, like the the tension with him is that like he can't just commit this murder and like get away with it. Like he it like right. itches at him that he has to he has to tempt fate a little bit. Um, in like I don't know, like once every like two minutes during this film, right? Mm-hmm. He just keeps escalating it in that like clearly ridiculous manner. Um, yeah, I I uh, th- there there is like also an aspect of this that is like very. Uh, targeted towards just like private school boarding school shitheads you know what yeah, i mean yeah. just like tweed jacket fucking losers just i mean in a way that it still feels very relevant i think at least to uh yeah. uh the way that i think that like a lot of like institutions of higher education and whatnot, still kind Kids of the prioritize these. Yeah, I mean, the University of Chicago is like right there. You know, it, it kept it kept being completely <laughs> relevant. Uh, well, it switched over to the econ department from philosophy, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of also philosophy, I, I, I should say really quickly here, because uh, I think maybe Harry would bring it up. I don't know his thoughts on the subject, but Nietzsche, of course, not completely guilt free uh, in his uh, works being misinterpreted, but it should be said, Nietzsche, not a Nazi himself, almost certainly would have disliked uh, the rise of Nazism, was not an anti-Semite, uh, his his stuff got uh, misappropriated uh, quite a bit, so not completely absolve him of everything, but, you know, this film's a little, little rude towards Nietzsche, I think. Nietzsche innocent? Unfairly so. N- Nietzsche mostly innocent, yeah. <laughs> yeah, also, i yeah.
1: Well, then among those conversations of, you know, like why these characters are doing what they're doing and how the how the other ones fit in, it makes me like take a step back and wonder for me, like the function and form of this movie were very much in concert, like the fact that it is a false, uh, not necessarily that it's like a false one take, but that it's supposed to be one take that like it is supposed to be a continuous unbroken piece. Uh, Like, did it hit you guys in any sort of special way that it is uncut that it is like thinking about if the movie had been, uh, you know traditionally like classic Hollywood cuts here, cuts there, focus where we need to focus. Would that have changed things significantly for you? Would you have felt differently about the movie or did it kind of feel like novelty here?
2: I, uh, Cody, you want
0: to, uh, no, you, you go first. Uh, I'll, I'll follow right after.
2: I will say, I think we, we've, it's been a little bit Well, we, we talked in the past about kind of the, at least with kind of current films, kind of the slightly boring, getting more boring nature of these kind of ostentatious, one take, uh, at least scenes there. I mean, they're mostly action scenes at this point, but you know, um, you, you see a lot of that stuff. Uh, I, I actually really liked it here. So I, I watched this film without knowing that was kind of a, uh, big thing about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, uh, it's probably like minute nine when I was like, are they cut? Is this just like the, yeah, in, yeah. is this like a, we're doing like a big intro thing here? Like obviously they, they cut from the shot of outside to, uh, you know, David being strangled. But after that, it was like, did they? Are they just doing a bunch of. Is this kind of like a Bellatar sort of situation? Like, what, what is what is going on here? Um, and then I don't. I probably just like Googled it while, while I was watching the movie because yeah, I'm yeah. watching it at home and I'm a little shit. And of course, all of the articles came up. Um, I will say that I actually really. I, I think a lot of people have been very negative on that aspect of this film. I mean, Hitchcock himself said that it was a failure. Uh, Roger wow. Ebert kind of reviewed it, uh, you know, later on, uh, uh, kind of. A review from I don't know maybe a decade or two ago, and he he called it a failure as well. Called it like an interesting one, but a failure. I really think it works. I, yeah. I really like the I like the movement. It is of course a bit obvious, but I'm willing to uh, I don't know I'm willing to like go along with that kind of obvious like the obvious nature of the cuts and whatnot. I'm willing to to give that to a film from 1948. I think that the it help. It helps that it's Hitchcock doing it because Hitchcock played with so much of that stuff already. Like the the shot where the uh, the housekeeper is like slowly removing stuff from the trunk. Yes, right. Yes, and it just keeps following her as she like carries stuff into the kitchen and then comes back and then carries stuff in the kitchen like that sort of stuff. Or the the scene. There's one early on where uh, uh, Brandon goes into the kitchen with the rope and the door swings and it swings so you can't see him and it swings again and he's dropping it right and it's like that is like kind of showy in a way that like mm-hmm. I guess you might find that annoying but like I don't know it it seems so hitchcocky anyway that I, yeah. I dig it you know
1: I I I really <sighs> yeah. dug how this movie used that um like those those shots that you're talking about were two of the ones I wanted to bring up in relation to this but the other one is there's even it's just shortly after, and uh, uh, Rupert doesn't appear, James James Stewart's character doesn't appear in this movie until like 25 minutes in or something, so like a good, after the first act, he's not, or sorry, before the first act, he's not really there, but he appears and there's a shot early on in his presence where... Like you can tell he's starting to put the pieces together of something's going wrong and it stays on him for like a good 15, 16 seconds while other people are having conversations like what you didn't say about that shot where she's where Mrs. Wilson is walking up and down the hallway. She's taking like the candelabra and the books and the food back and forth from here to the kitchen, and it's like each time takes her six or seven seconds, is like there's a whole conversation, there's a whole scene going on outside of frame. And it's just like, okay, so what is this saying about what the movie wants me to focus on? It's like all that stuff, like the whereabouts of David, the like uh, uh, guessing that his parents and that his lover and that his friends are doing is all given. Like you know all of that stuff because you watched him die yeah. in the beginning. So don't focus on that. Focus on this. Like, stress like Philip must be fucking stressing over what's going on in <laughs> yes. the back of this scene. I fucking loved that so much. It's it's easy. Like, it's very low-hanging fruit, but it works so well. It's They're committed to it.
2: Two, 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 two things. So one, I was going to bring up that scene. So that was the scene that I brought up earlier where I mentioned that there is a very obvious cut. Oh, okay. uh, that the the shot of, of Jimmy Stewart kind of they're specifically discussing kind of the the uh, like morality of that kind of like Superman mm. uh, uh, kind of philosophy, um, specifically like a kind of a fascist version of it. And they're they are having that discussion and you see Jimmy Stewart kind of staring and like starting to go like, oh, no, you know, like that sort of a thing. Um, But it, it does. Wait, 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 wait. But- how,
1: how, how does he go? I think somebody else might be able to have us, have us figure out how, how he yeah, might Cody, have actually been Cody. thinking. What was in his internal monologue there? Do you think, Cody? Oh shucks, maybe Cody, uh,
0: Cody. Give us one. And I <laughs> I know he's not here to speak for himself, but if I had to guess, it was probably something along the lines of. Oh oh oh
2: oh oh, oh no! Oh, that's the son of a bitch. <laughs> You think he's, you think he's Jimmy Stewart's? Think son of a bitch. Yeah, he he just watched uh, Josh
0: Holloway and lost, and he just can't help but slide it in whenever he needs to really sure. just exclaim something.
1: <laughs> anyway, I, I anyway, needed to take the a point mic is for that a second there.
2: the Hitchcock cuts to uh, that shot of of good old Jimmy there. Very obviously, does not disguise that he does it. Which, like, I think the point is that like this. Yes, there is adherence to this technique, but it is not at the expense of everything else, right? Right. Which is when, that's when, that's when I think it starts to get overly showy, very annoying when it's like, oh, Hmm. there's a bunch of people fighting, uh, and it kind of looks like shit, but, uh, there's one take and it's like, just, you could just make a cut to make sure that the action flows a little smoother. But, but Hitchcock is like, oh, there's this one scene where we really, really need to look at Jimmy Stewart. We're just going to cut to Jimmy Stewart. And that will also accentuate that, that shot of him kind of realizing what, the the logical endpoint of his philosophy is right, and so like I don't know I, I Hitchcock is willing to like pull back when he needs to, I guess.
0: Yeah, like yeah, hey, um, yeah. Hot take knows uh, <laughs> yeah. what he's doing. Um, and I I remember this this movie around the first time I saw it again. I I must have been like in college or or shortly out of college or whatever the case might be and around that time the the conversation surrounding you know um either gimmicky films like one take films or like even just literally giving people a reason to watch um rope as opposed to like a more well-known film from hitchcock and like i i and uh, presumably many others went into rope for the first time not because um they were talking about it for a podcast but because it's like oh th- this is um like there's this gimmick here like let's watch and see like it, it's yeah. one continuous shot let's see how we did that in 1948 um which as Aaron you pointed out it's it's not one con- continuous shot but like this is the type of movie to do that for like not only did i forget about it like coming into this it was like I watched a couple minutes and i remembered oh yeah this is like where it you know there very few cuts there's like one cut in the whole movie and they like zoom into someone's back to like <laughs> to to, cut, to to cut to a new shot it's like okay like that's what this this is and i promptly forgot about it um And like the fact that this is a stage adaptation and it's a limited setting and it it mirrors what you would be, what any of us would be doing when we're at a play. Like we're looking at the same thing. Our eyes are floating from one subject to the next. We might be focusing on something that a traditional camera wouldn't necessarily focus on. That's where you get into the sort of meta play of, you know, hi, I'm Alfred Hitchcock, um, uh, the American non-British version. And I'm talking to you like this, but I've established that I'm, you know, not going to cut from this, but instead I'm going to pivot on uh, to you know, I'm going to look at this trunk and sort of like get you looking at this particular thing. Like, there's a reason. Like, what reason could I possibly have for doing that? And sort of like subverting our expect, not subverting, but like playing with our expectation uh, expectations throughout the movie. This is the environment to do that in, not some like 1917 or, or Birdman um, situation <laughs> where like you're you're going between a lot of different environments. It's very in your face and obvious, and like the film is con- conforming to. That gimmick versus um the opposite. um This this feels like uh, I don't know. I I really loved uh, how it was used. Like, yeah, it became really obvious when they when we were sort of like walking places instead of cutting. But um I don't know. Like, even that, just I, 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 yeah. Like, I'll, I'll walk through this apartment with um, you know, with with Janet. Who wouldn't you know J- walking side by side with Joan Janet. Chandler uh, while while, yeah. Yeah, while a murder plot is going on? Yeah, well, yeah. Why not? She's hilarious.
2: Nobody laughs at her jokes, but she's funny. <laughs> She is funny. She is funny. You know, it's uh here. Here's also kind of adding on to that. I think that the to tie back to something that Jason said, that that is like it's a very dumb way to think about this. But this film better than maybe hey. any other. Uh, I'm, I'm making it dumber. You said oh, it okay. very intelligent. I'm your I'm syntax threw dumb me it off. down. Uh, this film better than any other. Very per- Perfectly like shows the feeling of like being just a little drunk at a party and like looking at one thing but like hearing some shit and you're like is there some shit about to go down over there because i'm <laughs> i'm observing them you're, bringing you're out this drifting. cake that i will yeah. hopefully eat very soon but they're talking i think that couple's about to break up right over there that's crazy and you're just like hearing something <laughs> off to the side i mean that the shot with like the you know uh what's miss wilson like carrying shit there's like the whole time they're in the corner they're talking like you think david might have gotten hit by a car like oh he's always very safe when crossing the street yeah. and it's like the conversation is <laughs> just happening like off screen while we're looking at this thing it's like that is a very like you know to to maybe try and elevate this very dumb point that is a very that is a way in which the technique is like it is actually doing something and it's like yeah. it's a little showy right but like it's doing something that i i don't I have not seen too much in film, I guess.
1: Well, it's like, it's because it's such an early, I mean, I assume an early example of like done at this scale anyway for like 80 something minutes to do it, to do it for this movie. Like, of course, Birdman 60, 70 years later did it, and it's like, okay, whatever. It's a lot less impressive just for the technology at the time, but that it was like. <sighs> It's not just using it as flair; it's using it to like comment on its own structure at times, like that, like what you're saying about it's putting a conversation over here that it's like it knows you're listening to this, it know that you knows that you're like your 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 track of mind is over on what people are talking about because you want to see how close they are to figuring it out. When in the background, actually, somebody's very close to figuring it out right here, right now, uh, and it's just like no music, no swell, no like. It's a very self aware moment in like what must have been a relatively like. I won't say new because I don't know enough of early cinema to know whether or not it was actually new to do this, but like untested at this scale type of type of, you know, form Uh, for me, it really works because it's like it's a great way to distract from, uh, you know, typically a movie would cut to cut to cut figuring out you know, where you're supposed to focus at any given time and sort of showing you the relevant people who are talking and all this kind of stuff. And in this this movie, it's like, there's so much to that concept of like the whole idea of them avoiding capture is that there's this maintenance of veneer, like this maintenance of aesthetic that like, this is just a nice dinner party. And yet if you focus on any specific detail and Jimmy Stewart, Rupert has that great scene with Mrs. Wilson where he starts to like tug at the threads, like why are things going wrong? Why are you eating on this table anyway? And it's like, if you dig into any too many of the details, you start to pull the whole thing apart. Like, one thread, one one strand from the rope starts to undo the whole thing, right? And, if, and if, it's not the last Ooh. time I'll do that. But um, it's like any of these details that you would probably like be forced to miss as part of any other movie uh, are like that's where we decide to focus on, and be- it's only because it's like a fluid everything's you- you're not miss. It's like. To me, it's like the director, cinematographer are both saying, like, we don't want to pretend like we're pulling the wool over your eyes about anything. Like, you see the murder, you, see, you know who did it, there are no questions there. We want to show you everything in real time as, like, faithfully as possible to avoid making you feel like we got you with anything. You know, like, um, I, I didn't get it. I didn't notice it at first because it's very slick, but Seth was watching this movie with me, former Trial of Guest and uh, current roommate, Seth. Uh, he he was noticing that like after that shot of mrs wilson going up and down the hallway it comes back and it's nighttime they've replaced the skyline outside the skyline painting outside with a nighttime version and i was like holy shit i didn't even notice that because i was so focused on something else it it i'm i'm really just i'm not saying anything new about the movie just like just know that in 2022 it still fucking works
0: yeah and i you know Wordplay aside, um, fisted wordplay aside, like the, the strands of a rope is like a fitting way to think about this, and and I think an important strand of that is,
1: um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I, look so you. fucking smug I, right I, now. You I, should I, know this, I, listener. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say I can't inflate your head too much when you're not gonna be able to l- leave your bedroom, you little shit. Um, but <laughs> the uh the, I mean, the fact that the the strands comprising this rope, I mean, it, it is like the the thing happens and then you know the the movie that happens after is a series of like conversations and like the audience learning information about ideologies and, and relationships and like the as far as like narrative beats go there's not really a lot here like w- which is great it, it makes for um a, you know a probably a story better suited for the stage um not that this didn't work here i, I think oh, yeah. it was like adapted and conformed pretty well but like such an important cog in that is the the rupert character um and like by proxy james stewart's uh performance um and you know the the fact that so much of this um i guess i'll pivot to like like it's uh, like house of cards um just like so so much of what like uh, so much of what is important to that house standing up before the opportune moment when it topples over is the sort of uh, the the thing that when movies do it, I, I go gaga for it, where it builds up a character, um, it builds up their importance, and like what their presumed effect on the rest of the characters will be in the screenplay before we actually see them for the first time. Um, so, like, we hear a little bit about Rupert. And just like, oh yeah, these the students are talking about him. The camera pulls back while Philip is playing the piano, and who f- is fucking standing there? But James Stewart, just uh, on the <laughs> like, I, you can just see like if we had data on where all the pupils go, um, you know, as they're watching this, like yes. juts right over to the left where James. Oh, oh my God, it's fucking James Stewart. Um, is that James Stewart. And, yeah,
2: it's, uh, well, I didn't I'll, know he was I'll, in I'll, this. Can I'll, you I imagine my Jimmy. surprise? <laughs> I had no idea he was in this film. I was like, oh hey, who showed up? Wait 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 wait, wait 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 wait. Are you no. for real? Yeah. Did he's on. He's in on the, the cover in, of
1: everything. How did, how did you? How did you? How did you watch
2: it? Went. I rented the movie via he's... you know your your favorite uh, movie streaming platform. Look, I don't own it on Blu-ray and right. seen Blu-ray. it before. All All right. Right. You know, sorry, uh,
1: I, I I derailed Cody there.
0: Oh no, yeah. that's um, I, I I'm probably going on too long as it as it is, but like the the fact that you know we see him and then he has that little um monologue towards the middle where he's talking about it's like oh you know, I I think people should be allowed to kill uninteresting undesirable people <laughs> and then and then you see Brandon just you know fucking chomping at the bit sweating excited sweat bulbs um just like listening to him say yeah yeah get their fucking asses um (laughs) and just like watching that play out in real time and you realize oh like that's what this this movie (laughs) like that that's (laughs) i mean it's not what this movie is but it's what this movie is um and that was um i don't just uh, so uh, i'll use the word rewarding again um side just one other like quick semi unrelated related thing um uh the fact that james stewart is in this movie and for a lot, the longest time before I actually saw this movie, I thought, because I on- only seen a few images from this movie, I thought John Dahl was like young James Stewart, that that's what hmm. like 1948 James Stewart looked like. Because in my mind, 1948, James Stewart was like 16, 17 years old. And then but. like six years later in Rear Window, it's like how the you know, 65 as James Stewart has always looked <laughs> in his existence. Um, but maybe there is something to the fact that john Dahl, you know accidentally maybe intentionally looks kind of like james stewart's young younger shittier like upper west side brother yeah um, i don't know if that's like giving hitchcock and friends like way too much credit probably just hitchcock too much credit but um just figured i'd toss that out there no it's... Um, as
1: as a little fun variable while jason has his hand raised here well it's, it's pretty perfectly like uh because like brandon so badly wants to impress obviously it's like again our our resident uh, queer theorist isn't here but like there's a lot of gay shit going on in this movie and one of those things is like a very nearly like Wait, obsessive what? what nearly obsessive level of like um uh, of of obeisance paid to from Brandon to Rupert as like headmaster the guy who wants to impress the guy who's like ideology he wants to see enacted in the world kind of thing it's it's evil obviously there's like an underpinning of real real sinister uh, motive but like ultimately it's an act of like obsessive like you could call it like love or or like real uh infatuation for this guy and his ideals um and like i think that is why <clears throat> excuse me the place of rupert if we're focusing on that is like Uh, If Janet was kind of a foil to like the inhumanity that pervades both the people who are doing these crimes and the people who are just part of the same culture, like, you know, high society, whatever, also killing them. Like the the high society that, uh, you know, I forget again, I forget her character's name, but the really snobby woman who keeps talking about the something of the something and, you know, something Bergman in these movies. uh, This is
2: on David's aunt.
1: Okay, David's on. I can't remember the she, character's
2: name, but Constance yeah. Collier.
1: Collier, Constance Collier.
2: Who says you Atwater? That's not what she sounds like. I
1: just—it's not—it's not, it's like, not far. She, she's, bad. Yeah. she is the most co- like uh, like high society coded person. Everybody else is like, I'm, you know, in a suit or whatever. But she's got the whole tilted cap and the veil and everything. Anyway, I really like her as like set piece. Anyway, um, but like the he he like Rupert is. If, if Janet is foiled to all that Rupert is like there to die for the sins of that, I guess in a way, like it's only right. Like he's, he feels very smart that he's getting ahead of them. And even up after, like, he realizes that one of them has a gun at the very end, the climax, of course, when like, he's going to confront them uh, about their, about the murder they committed, even up to that point, he still has like, there, there's still a, a pretense there. Like it still seems like he's scratching a certain itch or like. Uh, satisfying your curiosity rather than like confronting two cold-blooded murderers and then only once like uh philip shows real like remorse drunken remorse anyway and like collapses at the piano and does he shoot through his through rupert's hand or is it just like a grease wound or something like that or something well then later later he's holding oh yes yeah yeah you're right right. anyway so you know after that's happened then he seems really bedraggled and he's sorry rupert seems really bedraggled and he's like no 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 like enough with this like enough silly games sit down brandon like we're we're gonna t- we're gonna handle this now and he seems like really really fucking put upon and i think that is like the movies like realizing that um these characters like they, they like the intellectualism that they claim to or sorry brandon and philip the intellectualism that they claim to like be heralds of like we are above morals we are above like petty concepts of right and wrong uh literally they have that line good and evil i think it's brandon bright good and evil right and wrong were invented for the ordinary average man the inferior man because he needs them and then there's the whole the dig in nietzsche later on um and i think that's what rupert is there for is like to point out that like that moment when brandon and philip have to explain their motive or they're explaining their motive um like he rupert is that obvious like he is the one embodying that intellectualism that they think that they're, that they are part of. But like he, if he thinks he's above that, what does that really, what does that mean that he thinks? Like, does he think, is there, is there another like tier of his own thought process that would put him above the morals that these people claim to like a, a shoe? Like, I think, I think Rupert is there as a character that's supposed to be like intellectualism is like impractical in addressing the injustices of a world that's like increasingly uh, uh, changing and corrupted by, capital and those who hold capital. And it's like, he Rupert is part of it. But at the same time, he has that intellectual academic, I'm not I'm above it kind of thing. And I think the when he has to confront the fact that he has inspired two people to commit murder is like that moment where he's like, I'm not above this. I am this, you know, like I inspired this. And I just think I think it's a really good turn. It happens really late at the end. It happens like probably when the neon lights start to flash in after he shot out the window. And it's like, we're all in this together movie ends and we're all just in limbo you know we're all waiting for like the consequences of what we've done i it really the movie really fucking works for me
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and that is and maybe this not to just go back to like the the college student well but like i I cannot think enough about how this feels like i mean watch watch it anytime but uh, i'm perhaps because I was watching it around the time when I was a student and like it, it, it is and isn't 100% about like a mentor mentee relationship and just like, kind of like Aaron, as you said, like Brandon wants um, all of society uh, to look at, at what he's doing and be like, yeah, okay, I'm done with that. Like he, he did the right thing. Like that is an acceptable thing for him to do. It's like, it's all of society and, or just um, Rupert um, or vice vice, you know, vice versa. Um, and it all sort of culminates in, uh, Rupert's dark night moment at the end, where he <laughs> shoots out the window and just like, Hey, this city just showed you it's willing to believe in like what happens when undesirables might be in danger. Like they're going to like take action and call the cops and like, you're, you're, you're going to go to jail. Um, but just, it's, I don't know. Um, not easy to put yourself in this particular situation, but in the situation of, uh well at, at the very least watching somebody who is just a dumb, rich college kid with like very stunted, very incomplete ideological perceptions of the world and society and wealth and privilege and everything else, and just be oh like they're clearly just trying to appease. Um, Like they're trying to appease everybody, but really they just wanted to appease this one person. That's clearly visibly what he's most excited about. Um, That is like a, a lot of like the big turns in this movie. Go off of that, off of Rupert. As a, Rupert is a character off of James Stewart as a as an actor and a, as a performer. Um, and so like great casting on on that part. But um, yeah, like uh, this movie is like <laughs> either like deceptively um like universal or like ex- or, uh, like broad and like shoots for uh, shoots for the stars or like it's just about some like dumb kid who like wants to appease his teacher and is like in love with his buddy um mm-hmm. it's it's I, all of that and nowhere in between um which is extremely fascinating to me
2: yeah i mean i i, I kind of read this film as a a reckoning of sorts for the the kind of ideology that that uh, uh is kind of displayed in the film and kind of you know given a voice by brandon Philip and i think to a certain extent rupert right um i think that they are representative of this kind of upper class, maybe upper middle class, but probably upper class kind of, you know, quote unquote intellectual uh, people that, you know, they, they were well educated. They went to college, they kind of work these, these very nice jobs, you know, you can kind of assume um, or just kind of have enough money to not necessarily have to do that. Um, And I think that, that specifically, you know, this film is kind of taking to task a, a, Uh, kind of a not one strain, but a bunch of strains of thought that were very common in kind of the 20th century um, that were, uh, you know, purporting to kind of make the world a better place, but doing so in such kind of a dehumanizing kind of destructive way. Um, I think like a lot of people have said this about like anthropology, specifically the way that anthropology like basically treated people, usually uh, people in like the global south or like non white people, mostly uh, as kind of experiments, right? Um, and, uh, I, I think if the same kind of philosophy that, you know, the Nazis, uh, uh, kind of, uh, followed as well, I think something like eugenics is very much what this film is thinking about, uh, with its, its kind of, um, you know, the philosophy that the two main characters are talking about. And I think this is kind of like a, it is a, it, it is kind of taking that to task at a certain level, like, <clears throat> uh, which is one of the reasons that I really do like Jimmy Stewart's character is that, Um, He is, you know, I guess in the end, kind of a good guy, but he's also kind of the bad guy in the film, right? And that he he is the source of these ideas. And I think this film is finally saying, like, this is the end result, right? Like, this Mm -hmm. is kind of what you wanted, that like, now that you have it, what does it actually look like, right? And I think it comes to the realization, obviously, that it's bad, uh, not good. (laughs) Um, But uh, (laughs) I I think that makes for like a really, I think his character is really fascinating because you get to watch him slowly over time kind of see exactly what happens if if the ideas that he have kind of come to fruition Um and it's like yeah it's just good also like not a standard stewart performance i think mm-hmm. or like not a kind of standard character for him in a very interesting way um i really i really dig it
1: yeah he doesn't really ever become completely unhinged in this movie he doesn't have like a cute avuncular nature he always like even at his most friendly, he's still at arm's length because he's still like saying, "No, I'm very, I very much do believe that there's a certain class of people who just should be able to murder people." And it's like, well, even though you're being very charming right now, Mister Stewart, I, I don't, I, I'm gonna have to look into those claims of yours.
2: I'm gonna say no to that one, Jimmy. <laughs> well, I give him Jimmy, a bit of I a doubt. disagree.
1: I'd see if I'm in that class, and if he's in that We're, class, maybe we can be yeah. cool.
2: Look, we, we, we. I mean, we need to figure it out in the the arena of ideas. You know, you you come with your discourse, <laughs> sir. I arena? will come with mine. I, ca- I can't do a Kermit. He literally say says, "Like I've been, I've, I've been trying to follow facts and logic." Like he literally says that, man. Like I, <laughs> this, this is a very twenty twenty two movie, in a well, maybe twenty twenty movie, in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, it's uh, still it holds up.
1: Unfortunately, it keeps being a 2020 blank. Like until Jordan Peterson is dead, like he keeps pissing yes. his pants every week ben, about until something Ben Shapiro stupid.
2: is kicked off of YouTube for some reason. <laughs> this will keep this being will uh... keep
1: being pre- relevant. Oh boy, um, that. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. I actually, my only junk drawer thing was going to be the rope pun. Um, so great, yeah. <laughs> I
2: don't know, Got guys. That
0: one out of the way. <laughs> Does anybody else? Yeah, you you tied up all your loose
1: ends, huh?
2: Oh, yeah. God. you re- you reached in the drunk drawer and you found just a little bit of rope you'd put there earlier and that was it.
1: Uh, well, guys, I'm glad we didn't spend any time blasting rope here. We all liked the movie really well, so uh, we didn't need to we didn't okay. need to tear it down at all. Um, all right. Uh, but I, I would like to uh, pretend that we can cut this conversation short, even though we've been here almost an hour. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to get to before we like I don't know how big the junk drawer really is today um, before we uh, before we get there, though, and the final segment of our show?
0: Um, the, uh, I, I, shouting out, uh, I, again, I, because I, I don't think I did a, a great job <laughs> like, uh, characterize it. So I'll, I'll try it this way, but like the, um, again, shout outs to, shout outs to, to Janet, um, like a, an extremely fun character to watch Joan Chandler, um, m- again, making eye contact with, with a lot of, um, other characters and actors in this movie. Um, particularly when she's it, it, maybe kind of, um, looping in something you were talking about Aaron just like the the types of things that the just like the uh, particular medium and and form of this movie is is doing to characterize certain elements and you know that this is all taking place in a limited location the character or the camera is doing certain things um uh, Janet as a character is making a, a lot of really intense eye contact and how much of that you could explain with like oh well it is a party and like you know Rupert just showed up late and she, event- like she later makes like very deep, intense eye contact with him. Uh, but again, like as, as she's been Tell doing with it Jimmy with, Stewart, but also,
1: I mean, also, Hey, he's yeah, 40 like a year water. old. He's Dilf, Jimmy Stewart by this time in his she, life. So yeah,
2: so so there was Fox, a,
0: when the two of them were were fucking with um uh anita atwater when she was thinking about like movies that she was watching and she's like oh was it oh was it a something something or was it just yeah and like she um uh janet and rupert are, are like having a little fun with that and she's like staring at him and eating like what looks to be like a chocolate truffle like it just all of these ingredients together just made me think of um Like uh, well, uh, hashtag six seasons in a movie. It was so very timely for me to bring this up, but just um, I think Joel Joel McHale is Jeff Winger in Community, being like, it's called chemistry. I have it with everybody. Just like (laughs) it's these two characters who would just have like instant charisma with everybody they're talking with at this party. Um, I don't know. I just for same reason I wanted to like try and characterize this movie in, in all of the one more in it, all the umpteen ways that we've already been doing it. I, I, I like this movie a whole lot. I can see myself revisiting this like pretty frequently. For sure. It's, for sure. it's, it's more that it's more way more than just like the gimmick that is so, that's so, I don't know. It's so 2014. If you're listening to this and, and latching onto that, I, I think this is genuinely a, a, a great film.
2: I, I'm, I know I'm saying this to, to two people who live in Minneapolis and thus have access to the Hitchcock film festival, which is, legitimately like great i mean we haven't said it but like hey go go out see these movies it's for a while still right uh
1: only until october 6th i think so okay, not that long well, but this you week. got
2: like a day or two but yeah go go see some hitchcock films or wait until next year there is like a weird thing where you know look every october it's like oh it's the spooky month or every you know it's like oh here's the spooky month here's the romantic month here's uh christmas it's a christmas movie season We're, thrillers don't ever they don't get that we should have some uh Thrilltober, you know, something like that. Mm. I would much rather watch five thrillers in a row. What than about Thrill-i?
1: Thrill-i? Uh, July.
2: July is my birthday month, so I'll take, like, I like thrillers a lot. I'll, I'll take a, a thriller fest, thrills fest, you know? Like, there should be, the thriller does not get its due in this regard, you know? No one has any thought. I've, well, fuck both to riff of you. I'm this. trying to think of more names. <laughs> oh, I, just well, I, to, I just wanted Cody, to uh, – Cody, you get a pass, get, Jason.
1: I wanted know. to give you enough of something to hang yourself with, so to speak. Oh, well oh, thank womp. you. Uh, I forgot I did actually have like an actual drugstore thing that,
0: than just me being down bad for, for Joan Chandler. And that's um, – uh, if, if Yeah. Uh, if, uh, uh, Queen of the Trial. Uh, if any of – what uh, we've been talking about, and any of the types of things that uh, you've like you've watched Rope before, um, which hopefully you have, if you've been listening to this. Um, similar sort of motifs and conversations in Witt Stillman's film Metropolitan. Um, it's a film I, I like not quite as much as this one, um, uh, but like um, fun and insufferable in in some of the same good ways that uh, that Rope is. So uh, yeah, that is a very soft. Recommendation. I Software. as we were talking, I yeah, as as we were talking, I couldn't help but think about that movie. Um, and so he he also did uh, what the last days of disco, I think it's called. Sorry if I got that wrong, but um, yeah, two solid movies. Thanks. The disco You're movie done. doesn't have a lot to do with this one, but um, they're yeah, they're both good watches.
2: I will say, uh, hard rock here. I don't know if anybody's brought this up, but uh, if you like this film, uh, Birdman, dude.
0: I haven't seen Birdman since it came out, and I feel <laughs> I... like. <laughs> 1917. You guys uh, check that out.
2: Go check it out. It's uh, a lot uh, of similarities here. I, I saw that in theaters. Who <laughs> did I see that in theaters? Did I see that in theaters with you two? I think, was I think it we was it was everything. No, no definitely not Jason, because I saw it uh 1917 specifically. You saw it with uh Jason at the apartment, but I believe we saw it and then we got food at the diner afterwards. Yeah, we grabbed yeah.
1: grabbed some brunch. There was Man. some brunch.
2: I like uh, nineteen seventeen. Man oh, that film good, good, good times. Food. Good times. <laughs> uh
1: boy. Um Okay, well, uh, do we have uh, Cody's notice segment prepared? Can I?
2: Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got it, uh, got it figured out before before the move. Um, a, a and in the drethers of me, hey, this was a, a COVID-induced um, fever dream still coming of, through. Yeah, so um, but well, yeah, it's I, here if you if you want to cue it up and kick it off. Yeah, I don't I, have rip, my chorus, but... We've Harry, never you...
2: talked about this, but there's, n- I, I don't, don't think there's ever been an episode where I'm on and Harry has not been on. Harry,
1: well, at least not since we started doing the you Cody's do notice song, you know? Yes,
2: okay, sure. Yeah, there's probably something Aaron, before that. you gotta do it. I don't have to do it. <coughs> I, I right. think I, it would what, be fun if you did. I don't, Aaron, I, don't I have, have COVID. Come on, I I, mean, I don't sing. I don't do karaoke. We've never talked, but like, I just, I don't sing. Jason... I think this is a great solo. All right, it's uh, a segment of the show we
1: like to call (gasps) In West Philadelphia (laughs) Born. Cody's Noties,
0: it's Cody's Noties. Thank you so much. Oh, mercy me. Well, hey, thank you, uh, gentleman. Truly, you are among the elite few. What I've got for us today is, uh, you know what, it's another installment of Trilibs. And for those unaware and or unfamiliar, Trilibs is our attempt at reimagining, recreating the world-famous game known as Mad Libs, where you take a story that has some blanks that need to be filled in with various parts uh, parts of speech, The people participating don't exactly know what type of story they're getting into, so they don't know, you know, where, you know, hey, where in a sentence a particular blank uh, is going to be slotted, what it's going to attribute to, and by the end of it, as a result, you get sort of an off-the-cuff fun story to be shared with friends and loved ones and anybody else that you might have forced to play the game. And so what I've got here is a story somewhat inspired by the movie that we just finished talking about rope 1948 uh and so what i'll do in the uh, randomly chosen order of aaron and then jason and then just back and forth quite a bit alphabetical <laughs> too <laughs> uh randomly chosen order uh it's uh, it's, it's it's what's well, they were it was etched in, in stone tablets long ago um when i put together this word document oh, we're just gonna go as long as it takes for me to get uh, the things that I need to complete this story, because I am the author of our great journey for the next fifteen minutes. Um, and so, without further ado, Aaron, I'll start
2: with you. Can I get a name? Can I do yes with a caveat? If there is someone who's going to get strangled, if that is the name, I like. I I really don't want to put out a name, and then it's the Brandon character here. That- this this. This particular Harry. name. Harry. Uh, the, okay. Okay. <laughs> let's okay. look. He's not here. Let's go for it. All right. It. Yeah. Let's, Harry. Give it, let's give it
0: to him. Thank you. Okay. Um, all right. So we've got that one taken care of. Uh, Jason, over to you. Could I get a name?
2: <laughs> just you and me, bro. Let's do it. Come on. Let's do it. Come on. What? Look. Just do it. <clears throat> just say Jason. <laughs>
1: can i can i get jason
2: <laughs> yes um boo-boo-boo. watch me now be the one being strangled here uh <laughs> instead of harry
0: yeah part of me was harry like eh, it's just friend? the two of them i'll jason. give them little softball clues but i ain't giving you oh shit <laughs>
2: um it's so, gonna be aaron. harry and jason data plan to strangle harry. okay it's fine i'll uh,
0: an uh, apartment i'll sleep. in my back to you uh for a bit of a change of pace can i get a oh. name
2: oh yeah aaron
1: Okay we'll see what happens
0: I'm gonna replace this in a, a you know a few different places, as I've done with the other names as well. Ooh, what could this all mean uh Jason from you, could I please get a noun break uh
1: can i get uh can I get Better a spelling one? on that They're... oh sorry what b r e a k I should have known gotcha okay, Common yeah, I, okay all you know. that's a, it's okay.
0: I just, uh, you know, for, I mean, my inflection of it probably won't be any different. Um, but you know, for my own curiosity, I just, uh, I wanted to know, um, Aaron, back to you. Could I please get a, uh, a type of furniture? I have no idea where I got this from. Um,
2: I mean, uh, come on, you're a (laughs) wife guy. You got to know some different types of furniture. Uh, Ottoman. Yeah.
0: Uh, I asked for a type of furniture uh furniture, not an empire. Okay. Uh, can very we get... good. Oh I see you <clears throat> um alrighty. Uh Jason, a verb, if you would please.
1: A verb, um twist.
0: Twist and shout. Um no just twist. Uh Aaron, a musical instrument.
2: Trombone.
0: Ooh. My own. Classic. Hubba Hubba auga
1: um, Oga, oh, but trombone version.
0: Uh, Jason. Now, from you, could I please get a uh, a holiday,
1: type of holiday? Well, you know, it's spooky season, and we just watched a uh, thrilling, uh, terrifying movie. Uh, it's got to be uh, Saint Patrick's Day for me. Easter, uh, got it got it yeah, it. A, oh, nice. We're talk okay. about. Yeah. I came back, came back to the fucking decom, baby. Luck of the Pretty Irish. Good. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, that man,
0: luck of the Irish. Leprechaun movie, basketball movie. Uh, Ryan Merriman movie
1: everything Can't you could miss. ever want
0: the Holy Trinity uh, <clears throat> excuse me uh, boop 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 now Aaron from you could I please get the name of a previous tri love guest
2: uh, let's do Seth
0: Seth former ah, guest and current Jason Daphnis roommate um Oh, you know what? I'll go full. I'll go. Well, yeah, I'll go full name. Seth. Seth Zarati. Um, the, in the the way of pronouncing it, that he kind of sighed and said, "Yeah, you're white. You, you, you that's that's how you said. It. You said it correctly, <laughs> Cody. Great work. Um, Jason, from you, can I get the the name of? Uh, I put down famous actor. It can also just be an actor.
1: I don't care. Um, we're gonna go Fisher Stevens. I just watched Short Circuit with uh, with Seth, and it is. Maybe look. Nice. Maybe go back to that movie with Fisher Stevens.
0: I think I put that movie on my watch list because Seth uh, recommended it. I have not gotten to it yet, but I have more reason to. Someday. Know. There are yeah.
1: parts of it that would classify it as a horror movie. Uh, which, hey,
0: I like that. Um, I also like uh, Aaron and the <laughs> adjective that he is about to give me, hopefully.
2: Um, glamorous.
0: Ooh, ooh. Uh, sorry, I asked for um an adjective, not the the name of a what is it? A Fergie song? Am I showing my ass here? That's right. no, no. Gwen Stefani, pop music from a specific period is mm-hmm. um really. You know what I'm talking about? Do you want about. me to change
2: we- it so to help you out here? No, no. Nope, nope. we're, we're, we're fancy. Good. How um, about fancy? Okay.
0: No, no, glam. We're going with glamorous. Uh, it's <laughs> Bigger fan of the other one, are you? Uh, 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 adjective. A uh, Hollaback girl. Perfect. Uh, thank you for that. Um, we'll go with glamorous. Uh, Jason. A uh, type of beverage, please. And um, after that, uh, could you give me the name of a type of beverage? <laughs> he, he, for are this we going, game?
1: Are we going branded or does it matter? Whatever you like. We're going with hams, classic baby. <laughs>
0: oh, baby, you better believe we're going hams. Uh, excellent. and do, 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 do. Aaron. From you, could I get the name of a previous trial of guests, a different one?
2: Uh, Nick, Nick Grossman. Nick Gross, the whole Nick, name, Nick Grossman. Nick Grossman because he's staying with me this weekend.
0: Oh, shout outs. Wow, and
2: he he couldn't
0: join the episode,
2: huh? Uh he is currently uh last that I heard eating a ton of oysters. <laughs> just he left to he, le- he, he left to go uh, this is my twin brother left There's to go no get brunch way. left to go get brunch at like ah uh, ten maybe, and he's just been sending pics of oysters for the past several hours. There's
1: no possible way you're yeah. not lying.
2: No, I'm I, serious. I know, I, I know you're not lying, even,
1: even though that sentence... Send, uh, let me uh, send
0: you... That standalone <laughs> sentence was a better tri-libs
1: uh, phrase than anything that we'll, we'll come can up with. Can I get a, um, um, uh, a, a shellfish of some kind?
2: <laughs> can I get an amount of oysters that you think can be <laughs> you? Yes, 36 a moon. Moon.
0: Thank you, Alex. <laughs> I was going Alex Trebek, but you also have a brother named Alex. I have a brother so named, named Alex, so Alex too. too. Man, we're just we're firing on all all, all cylinders here. Uh, hopefully, that momentum continues when Jason forks over an
1: adjective. Um, brisk.
0: We've definitely had brisk before. You think you so? Know what? I well, like. Well, I've it. had
1: brisk. I like the lemon version. Hey. Yeah.
0: I see. I have the word document up, and I can't see the entirety of both of your faces right now. I just saw Jason's hand cro- come in from the side and go hey, like a, a cutesy point. Um this is an audio uh, only medium so that I felt like that was good to bring up. Uh Aaron, and now and if you please.
2: Um Oh fuck, there's nothing funny. Um <laughs> uh, Come on. Uh, uh 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 Super, uh, Super Nintendo entertainment system. There you
0: go. Super Nintendo enters. Wasn't funny either. All that for oh, you think this isn't All gonna that be funny? For a big old fucking funny, you got a big storm egg. coming. Uh let's see. What do we got? Are we in the home stretch yeah, we're yeah, we're in the home stretch here. Uh, yeah, we're in the home stretch. Uh Jason, from you, can I please get a noun? Um,
1: uh, what what is the is it a cigarette case that he leaves behind? that uh, We're yes say yes case. all right
0: and what do we got here aaron uh from you could i please get uh, an article of clothing and then once you ship that to me can i get a type of article of clothing for the purposes of this game <sighs>
2: that joke never misses <clears throat> how about a swatch
0: a swatch very good very good uh jason a type of food please um uh uh uh, bialy 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 um do 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 um oh nice okay i got that filled in already wow you know what we've only got one more to fill in and aaron from you uh to help complete this i'm gonna need the name of a movie
1: Hmm.
2: I mean, there are just uh, so many. Drunken Master Two.
0: Drunken Mister Pooh.
2: Best film on of twenty
0: eight.
1: twenty one. Uh, yeah. Film of the trial, on. right?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, won a lot of Best other. Best film played at the
2: trial on last year. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Inarguably, Factually. objectively, yeah,
0: the perfect film. Significantly,
2: um, yes. <laughs>
0: And hopefully this will be the the perfect installment of trilibs. I I believe we've got all the blanks filled in without further ado. uh, Gentlemen listeners, I bring you, I present to you trilibs colon the perfect crime. Once upon a time, two friends named Harry and Jason lured their classmate Aaron to their apartment. Come on, man! No! Come on! <laughs> M- murdered them with a break and hid their corpse in an ottoman. <laughs> Harry was proud of the deed and couldn't help but twist, but Jason was visibly nervous while they played their trombone in the corner. To show off how perfect their crime was, Harry decided they ought to throw a party disguised as a celebration of St. Patrick's Day. The guests began to arrive, and further schemes unfolded. Harry attempted to orchestrate a romance between Seth Zarati and Fisher Stevens. <laughs> Jason, Jason tried to keep their cool as Aaron's parents grew glamorous of the party atmosphere. Uh, everybody was drinking loads of hams. <clears throat> you know, you, you can happens. imagine. That would be it. Uh, it oh, it does. Uh, eventually, Harry and Jason's mentor, Nick Grossman, arrived. Nick Grossman's ideology... Uh, of being open to murdering the brisk under the right circumstances, <laughs> struck a chord with Harry, uh, who was beginning to make obviously suggestive Super Nintendo entertainment systems about their crime. The party gradually came to an end, leaving Harry and Jason alone. Nick Grossman surprised them by returning to retrieve a lost cigarette case, or so they claimed. <laughs> they began to interrogate uh, Harry and Jason about a number of clues. Aaron's swatch in the closet, Jason's aversion to Bialy, their fixation on breaks throughout the evening, Harry and Jason cracked under the pressure and came clean about their crime. Instead of turning them in, Nick Grossman had Harry and Jason learn about the value of human life by making them watch the film Drunken Master 2. Cinema, as Nick Grossman noted, is thankfully not kept for only the elite few. The end. Wow. So, so I actually am actually happened. dead though
2: in that one. Is this the only mm, yeah. one where somebody's actually
0: died in one of your uh I would have to I would have to check it's... the the annals of the Trilibs archive. Uh, I feel like there some fatalities have taken place. I just uh, to how how had to get one over on
2: casualties. Harry and look what happened to me. You know, this is really kind of proving the point of the He film, always wins. The house
1: way. always wins, you know? You can't beat him. Damn. Even when he's not here, he's here. It's true. To collect the crown. Cool. Thank you, Cody. Uh always ending our episodes on a better note than they started on. Uh and I thank you, listeners, for being here and uh, being, I guess, one of the reasons we do this. I guess, honestly, if, if you weren't listening, we'd probably still do this. Um, we did before you listened. And we probably will once you, once you stop listening. But uh, don't stop listening just yet because there are more episodes coming. Uh, do find us on Twitter at TryLovePodcast. Do find the, cin- the cinema we cover. Uh, the trial cinema at trial cinema and at dot org. You can get tickets and uh, find out about new series and off schedule programming and get merch and join the club and all sorts of other cool ways to support the trial It's a really cool theater we all like going to. Um, well, two of the three of us like going to, uh, and you can find them at trial on.org. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know, Cody Aaron, can you have you done it recently enough to say that you Harry like Harry? Doesn't there?
2: like going to the trial
1: Co- Or Did I say Harry? <laughs> I meant Aaron.
2: No, no, no. The joke was that. oh.
1: Uh, Oh, oh well uh, you'll be back here someday to, <laughs> yeah
2: of
1: course anyway uh this has been our episode about rope uh check out the trilon website uh about the i believe the hitchcock festival is happening in multiple theaters around the cities um by the time that this episode comes out it'll just be a couple of days left and a few movies but hey if you're at all interested in the uh, works of alfred hitchcock check it out it happens every year if you miss it this year probably happen next year too hopefully um Fingers crossed, I guess. But for right now, uh, you can find us on Twitter, Trial of the Podcast. You can find me and Twitter in, in Twitter uh, at Nintendofus
0: Yeah. Uh, wow. Tough to follow that up. Great plugs, Jason. We don't talk about it enough. Um, you plug in the, the trial on cinema and all these various resources. Uh, you know what? I'll just say, uh, if you haven't already, and assuming it's eligible in your neck of the woods, get that get that second booster, folks. Uh, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, Get uh, get your flu vaccine. Better yet, get both in one trip. It's it it's not as as spooky scary as it sounds, even though we are in uh the month of October. So that's hey, just something to think about. I've been Cody Narvis, and you can find me on Twitter at Cody underscore BH.
2: My name is Aaron. Uh for those who were curious about this, I did message uh, my brother during the podcast. He ate twenty four oysters. That may seem like a bit of a low amount, but he also sent pictures of many different appetizers and other, you know. So he, he's he's well fed. So uh, anyway, that's him. Um, I'm Aaron. You can find me on Twitter at RB Please. Yeah.
1: Good night and good road. Mm. No. I'm sorry.
2: I'm sorry. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did you say? That? he's got to do a whole thing. I, I, just, I know. I know. I'm sorry. It sounds like he has like I'm kind just, of a long one up. too, and you movie. just fucking ruined the. You <clears throat> want me to try? uh you can find me on Twitter at RB Please. Now the fun begins.